This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. So this week on the podcast, we have Justine Stafford. Justine is a comedian, she's an actor, she's a writer, she's someone who I met through uh, the Tri Channel not too long ago. Uh, you'll probably best know her, she's appeared in the Late Late Show, uh, her stuff, she's kind of the queen of memes, you're going to constantly know her from her viral sketches from different memes she has on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, she's kind of the queen of the internet and I'm so glad to have her on the podcast this week. Justine recently appeared on the Late Late Show, she's one of those people who is heading for the absolute top and I'm delighted that she made the time to do the chat and not only that but Justine is one of very few repeat personality bingo guests so really let's get stuck in and please enjoy the wonderful Justine Stafford playing personality bingo with me Tom Moran Justine Stafford, ready to play Personality Bingo? I bloody am, Tom. All right, here we go. So, you know the deal. It's 60 minutes on the clock. It's 60 balls on the machine. I've got 60 corresponding questions. I've also given you a sheet of paper with five numbers on it. Would you do me a favour and read out the five? Okay, we have number 12. Yep. 21. Yep. 47. Okay. 30. Right. And 59. Lovely. Um, I'm going to start a new career announcing the bingo numbers <laughs> yeah. as an MC. This is it. It's, it's very dream, good. Tom. Um, would you also do me uh, another favour? Would mm-hmm. you pick a sixth number, something that's not already there, any number between one and 60? I'm going to go number one. Nice. Yeah, I'm very, very creative there. Wow. <laughs> any reason? Uh, no, absolutely none, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> S- sounds like something like that your therapist might have told you to do. You know, you are number one yeah well like that but also then on a scale of one to ten how sad are you today you know or that kind of thing yeah, yeah, yeah. then I should be putting ten really but anyway <laughs> we got one beautiful um okay uh, I should say oh you'll enjoy this uh, there's also a, an addition since you were last year I've now put the number 69 into the bingo uh, machine yes because uh, that's the number I wanted to pick oh, of course fuck. it was yeah oh hello oh. Um, <laughs> he looks he likes 69 yeah the, the microphone kind of became Raised erect at there. the mention of 69 ah oh, uh, god make of that what you will um, Amazing. I'm just going to hear this being adjusted now for a minute. Dare I ask what happens if 69 comes out? Sorry, there's some really good visual microphone humour happening here that our, that, our, <laughs> that our audience aren't privy to. I mean, what, what do we do with that? Do I, just, I, I, can, I can just do the podcast like this, kind of holding the microphone down so it doesn't oh, just wow. spontaneously float back up. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. That's okay. It's okay now. Yeah, yeah. yeah we like it's this. It's yeah. on a semi now. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, if the number 69 comes out, okay. um, that means that I have a specially written, special Justine Stafford question oh custom made for you. Incredible. That if it comes out, I will ask you that. Uh, and if, which has never happened, uh, you get all six numbers, that means the tables are turned and you can ask me anything in the whole wide world. Oh my God. Right. Wow, yeah, I, I this is exciting. I know, I know. What a day, oh. what a day. Yeah, you might your, your sadness might have gone to like a, a 10 to like a 7.5. This is it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, this is wonders oh, for me now. Just wait till we have you at minute 58. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best free therapy in the world. Here we go. All right, here we go. Let's go for it. Okay, first number out and we have number eight. Do you have it? I don't. No worries. Ah, number eight. What is your relationship to ageing? Oh, God. See... I know a lot of friends that like get Botox, mm. which is mental to me because the commitment to that, because they're like, oh, if you don't get it every six weeks, like 
you know, you have to keep getting the fillers and that. I just could not commit to that. And I, I didn't know any of them were getting it, mm. you know, because like, what, I'm 29 now. Uh, and they would have started like mid 20s at that crack. Mm. I just can't keep up with beauty standards whatsoever. Like, I'd rather just age gracefully. I mean, there's no graceful way to age. Yeah, there is. And just throw a few filters on my photos and Instagram and no, no, no one will know the difference. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Like aging. What have I noticed? Hangovers are way worse mm-hmm. uh, as you get older. It's actually crazy to me to think that, you know, 18, 19, you could go out every night of the week and make it to your nine o'clock lecture. Yeah. That's baffling to me as to how I ever did that. You know. And what about. So, But that's interesting. Like, I'm interested that you all of your reactions to it were more like of the physical sort of thing whether it be like aesthetics or like the body yeah. stuff because I think I get it more around like my uh, this podcast is just designed to bring you to your insecurities of mm-hmm, course but of course. but I think mine is more like about like oh, I'm oh, getting I'm yeah. getting old or like you know like I'm we're the same age but I'm getting close to 30 yeah. uh, tick tick boom yeah, you, know yeah, that, yeah. you know the film the yeah. turn, and Bo Burnham tur- turned 30 as well it's oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. that song it's just it, I totally get it because you kind of every year like the, my birthday is my least favourite day of the year like I cry every year and I have since I was age 7 which really? says a, yeah genuinely I just even at age 7 I was like I've completed nothing I've achieved nothing in the last year and now I'm a year older I like pretty sad at your birthday party with all your mates there <laughs> blow out the candle and, and what about at your 29th birthday how did you feel then I see my birthday is the 2nd of January which to me is the most depressing day of the year because 1st of January right everyone's out 31st everyone goes out they're mad you know and then 1st of January and everyone starts their New Year's resolution mm. so 2nd of January they're staying strong they have no money left after Christmas they're not drinking and everyone's depressed and miserable and hungover so it is genuinely the most which makes sense like it actually suits me perfectly that I was born that day because I became I became that but uh, yeah it's just always a depressing day this year I forced myself to come up to Dublin and went out to a quiz and it was actually a lovely night though really took my mind off it yeah because I'd normally never celebrate I'd sit at home on my own and do nothing but I was mm. like no do you know what I'll be different this year yeah and it was good yeah but like you know the way like you're kind of joking about being like sad and being like it's, it's appropriate that I was born on the 2nd of January yeah. do you actually feel Sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I think that surprises people sometimes, mm. but uh, no, genuinely, I'm very sad. <laughs> but, but I get that as well about every year, the aging thing of like another milestone of like, I should, I look at my friends at home and they live very different lives to me with like long term relationships, building houses, mortgages, which is just a very, very foreign concept to me to mm. do that. So when I contrast my life to others, I always feel like, oh, God, am I achieving things? But then, you know, I meet up with those mates and they're like, you know, sometimes we think we should have done what you did and mm. not have tied ourselves down to where we are or settled down so young. So I think the grass is always greener as well. Yeah. And then you forget sometimes everything you've achieved. Like, you know, I hate all that shit that comes up on Facebook, like memories, because it's depressing to see how much I have aged. But also then it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I bloody did Edinburgh or like I did shows there and stuff like this like you forget how much you actually have achieved to be proud of and positive about 100% same to you Tom (laughs) thank you yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) but what about then what about like what what about say you're you're 30th right Mm. so it's still it's still a ways away yeah Um, but what what do you think you're gonna like will you celebrate it will you do a party yeah like for my 21st I like, I mean, I gave out awards at my 21st. <laughs> and like, my friends are like, what? It's your birthday. Why are you giving us presents? I'm like, I don't actually know. And I had a piñata filled with Johnny's. 
So I I love to have a big party and I I made like custom made fortune cookies like they were all just filled with euro bollocks and stuff like this. Yeah. But I just loved that. So I'll pro- I made my own 21st birthday cake and I had it like one layer was biscuit cake and then the other was a sponge because I was like oh maybe some people won't want yeah. biscuit like why? Why was I organizing my yeah, own yeah, party? No, you... Pretty tragic, but I'll yeah, I'll definitely have a party. My friend at home is like born the week after me. So we considered having a joint 21st and we didn't. And then I considered we'd do it for our 30th. But like, I just think that's too many mm. groups of people come together. Because you know how it is. You know, when you have like a party and there's like your friends from a certain area and other area. And you're like, oh God, are these going to intermingle? How is this going to work? And then you're kind of on edge all night because you're making sure everyone else is having a good time. Mm-hmm. So I definitely will have a 30th. 100%. I'm just figuring out, will I have it in Dublin or back home? Like, that's the other thing. Yeah. That's the other conundrum. Massively. I think I want to have mine at home. Really? Yeah, I think I'd feel better about it. Because, mm. yeah. But then I'm like, it's kind of odd, like, because we're both from Meath. So I'm yeah. like, it's a, it's a thing to get to Meath. It's, yeah, and then you're like putting people up. Like, if you're... Mm. Well, oh, I'm not putting anyone up. <laughs> they can... Yeah. Like, My birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort yourself out. Sorry, back to the Johnny hat. Did Was it full of Jurex? Yeah, it was a piñata. I'm sorry, a piñata. Yeah. Sorry, Johnny hat. That sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but 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 like, but how many was there? That's oh yeah, expensive. Uh, yeah, it was it was, <laughs> and I don't think any of them were used. I think literally all of them were just blown up and thrown around the pub. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Okay, this feels like an appropriate moment to move on. Yeah, I mean, I should. I look at. I do think maybe event organizing is something I could do mm. if things don't work out. It might not be the most you know PC uh, or not PC, but PG rather. Yeah, it might not be the most PG event, but everyone will have a good time. Wait, what about, wait, just going towards the 30s. What do you, what do you think, what are your predictions for your 30s? Oh. <laughs> like, say, do you know all those things that you were saying about, like, your friends doing, like, houses mm. and mortgage and long-term yeah. relationships? Like, do you have an interest in that kind of thing? I, I do, but I go back and forth on it, because then I want that, but then I know doing that means I can't really live the life I'm living. That's always the struggle I find. I find it very hard to maintain a relationship because of the life I live in terms of, like, gigging at nights and... Uh, but you know a lot of our work is even at weekends or stuff so you're like that's when someone you're with who's not in that industry is on their free time and mm. I find it very hard and I'm very like I like to be intensely focused on something and I'm with someone I am like intensely focused on them and then I can already see the rest of my life I just put on hold like as in I've cancelled gigs I've cancelled proper work things because I'm like I want to go on holiday with this person I just become intensely consumed Yeah. In and I do the same with work so it's very hard to find a balance. And I'm working on that. I'm trying to work on that, but I find it very tough. Huh. And I do. So I think about my 30s, like, would I settle down if I reach a point in my career where I can kind of take the break off a bit? Because I feel like there's momentum at this age and when you're getting a little bit of like opportunities that you need to, if, if you stop now, you're kind of back to square one. And it kind of feels like I've spent years working on this, that you'd be kind of throwing that away mm. nearly. Or like, what was it all for? If you just stop now. So I don't know. I go back and forth on it a lot. Like I change every day, Tom. One day I'm like, I want to do this. The next I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to <laughs> yeah. be back home in the country and raising a family. So, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. You can do both. Yeah. It's tough though. Super Equally, tough. kids. What? They sound fun for like an hour. And then I'm like, that's the rest of your life. Like respect to people with kids. Cause, especially because I know so many people in entertainment who have kids. I'm like, how are you? I'm barely getting myself up out of bed in the morning and you're you're looking after another life mm. multiple lives as well as keeping on top of your career 
respect. Yeah, it's huge. Can't do that. It's huge. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what we can do? We can play bingo. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's give it a roll. Okay, here we go. Uh, number 27. Do you have it? No. No worries. The question is, what is the most important quality you seek in a friend? Oh, God. Um... In a friend. I feel like you're just going to, uh, the first thing you say to all these questions is, oh God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. That's the most. Yeah. yeah. Um, in a friend, I suppose, uh, understanding, mm. I think, because, you know, there's so many things that happen in my life that I make decisions that I think, a lot of the time I need reassurance or want reassurance. I'm like, have I made a terrible decision here? And I think a friend would really need to understand how my mind works mm. a lot of the time, as have previous relationships where when I go to them with a problem, they would understand why I'm freaking out about a certain thing because I think a certain way. Mm. And I do think that all as well probably has something to do with getting a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, whereby it's just kind of it's emotionally unstable yeah, emotionally unstable personality disorder whereby you just have difficulty regulating emotions. Mm. And so then basically what happens is that I could, something that would not affect someone else will affect me hugely. Mm. And like my emotions would just be out of control. I can't deal with it. So I think having a friend who understands kind of that I can be a bit kind of emotional at times is uh, probably the biggest quality as well that I would want to be for a friend mm. you know you want to be understanding of them and be there for them mm -hmm. it's hard to pinpoint one exact quality because I feel like there's an umbrella of things that you know you'd really seek in a friend obviously someone who's good crack yeah <laughs> you know? of course but then they're going to be good crack if they understand me because if they're not good crack we won't understand each other yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so I feel like yeah. understanding might be the most core one there mm. that's needed for the other areas of a friendship to work can you think of an example of like that thing of because um, I'm I'm not sure I knew that about that you had a diagnosis of borderline yeah. personality disorder. Can you think of an example of like what one of those things that you know someone else might take in their stride that might you know be a big challenge for you? Can you think of an example of that? Yeah, like every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, literally, like even just say I got a response from someone, a, a message, and. Like they sent just a full stop instead of like an explanation point. I'm spiraling. I'm losing my mind mm. at this concept. Or like even just like with a gig that I mean, obviously gigs affect everyone if they don't go well. But when even when I get booked for a gig, mm. but I haven't even done the thing and it could be three months away. And from the minute I'm booked, I have just this pit in my stomach of fear and anxiety. It just never goes away. Um, Is that for stand up particularly? Yeah. Right. Predominantly stand up. Mm. Yeah. Um yeah, th things like that, that just really, eh, like, it's just exhausting because it's the highs and lows throughout the day over very small things. Yeah, I think that that is, that is a particular thing to, like, the line of work I suppose we're in, is that, like, just the array, like, I feel like, say, like, my partner is an accountant, right? Mm. And so, like you know, every few years, maybe she'll have like a a, a job interview or like a big, yeah. a big thing, like a, a really big thing. Um, and like, don't get me wrong, because there's loads of like big things like throughout the week or throughout the month. But like, I think it is, it is useful sometimes to be like, oh God, I do have some version of that. Like certainly a couple of times a month, oftentimes yeah. a couple of times a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like that does like, and I, I would think I'm like pretty good at it and pretty like have a pretty decent level of resilience but even still like I think there is something that that can just do 
to your nervous system and like I say that without any kind of like diagnosis in the mm. space of what you have so I can't uh yeah I can only imagine that that is a specific kind of cocktail yeah completely but as well because as well with like stand-up in particular you're essentially with creating anything online as well you're literally putting yourself out there to be judged by strangers constantly mm. and for someone like myself anyway who's very insecure like that's you're putting all your self-worth into someone else's opinion of you on a stage in that moment and like hoping that what you find funny they do and if they don't then I crumble like and I know after bad gigs even doing tv or appearances or stuff like that where I could not move past that Say it went 99% well and there was one little glitch and I can only focus on that. And I mean, like it happened a couple of weeks ago and I honestly, like I couldn't leave the house for three days and I was so, so bad. And like people couldn't even understand when they're, they're like, that was brilliant. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I like I can't do this anymore. And then, then I start questioning, can I even have this career? Because look at me <laughs> like right in this moment where the rest of my friends and people around me are like that went so well what what the hell and I'm like I, I can only focus on that one thing and it's crippling me mm. it and uh, it only it takes time for like that moment to ask it. but in that in those three days I was like the most intense just anxiety and just sadness over and just yeah beat myself up and I'm like god this is exhausting yeah yeah, yeah like I mean I think it's like ostensibly like just such an embarrassing career. <laughs> like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it really is in so many ways. And and I mean, it's also fantastic. And we mm. all choose to do it. And no one has mm-hmm. a gun to either of our heads. If we yeah. wanted to stop doing it in the morning, you could. Yeah. And there's a reason why you don't. Mm. But like, um, what say, like, I'm interested in that thing of like, that like so much of the self-worth can go on to like the product yeah. or the output or whatever. Like, what, it like, and then also, I don't know, it feels like certainly like I could relate to the fact that like I probably am putting stuff out or like standing on a stage or sharing like my like writing or whatever the thing is like it's it's probably to validate like and to, mm. to gain self-worth. So like, yeah, what is what, what's your relationship to that? Did, would you relate? Oh, yeah. OK, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. Or in an intense relationship there. That's <laughs> yeah, that is literally something I struggle with deeply Mm. especially because as well with like the word content and content creation online you know you put out a finished product and people have no concept as to how much time went into creating that they're only seeing this 30 second clip and have no idea of the hours especially because a lot of stuff I do I would edit a lot or Mm. you know spend time putting effects and stuff into that they've no understanding of that or don't care at the end of the day they're just seeing the 30 second end product and the second they've watched that they're making a decision whether they like it or not first off but secondly they're just thinking what's next Mm. and they have no idea of just how draining that process is and how much time it takes and putting yourself out there like that it 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 gets to me Mm. But like, that's the thing with it. It's just like, it's always constant. When does it end? Like for as a viewer, you know, you're just seeing that 30 second and waiting then for the next what's what's next. Yeah. And I'm like, can we not just appreciate this one thing for a moment and then I'll go and have a nap and then do something else. But then you feel I get into that. I get fearful about that. If I'm not creating stuff, am I falling behind? Am I going to be forgotten about? And I know that's not true because I've seen friends who've done who've taken breaks for long periods of time. The second they come back, it's like they were never gone. But I personally struggle with that to be like not always on. And all equally because when I take breaks from doing comedy, I start to like get rusty in terms of like writing jokes and stuff that I'm out of the loop and out of the process or even not sure what's relevant that people are talking about anymore. 
I find it very hard to switch off. That's probably one of the biggest struggles with this career. It's like it's very hard to just not be always creating or thinking about your job or your career when the next gig is yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think like it's really interesting that you straddle both of those worlds of like the online and the the like live mm. audience because like I really don't do anything like the only thing like really online I do is this and it's not really online it's this you know what I mean mm. and then yeah you put it onto like someone's phone or whatever yeah. but like I think and every year Justine probably on your birthday I write down <laughs> with a list and I I'm like this is the year that I'm gonna start putting stuff online and at a, about I would say what are we in March I would say about like the second week of January third week of January I was just like Tom you don't like putting stuff online <laughs> yeah I'm not particularly I good know. at it you know what I mean but uh, and I'm good at loads of stuff like I'm good at like making plays and I think I'm good at yeah. writing like TV and I think I'm good at this I and I think I'm good at long form mm-hmm. and I enjoy it so much more yeah. and then I enjoy putting it out into the world but like that like yeah but like that 10 minutes of stand up that you know 45 second video or whatever like I A I'm not very good at it B I don't think I enjoy it and C I think I've finally made peace with that that's great that I'm so happy for you making peace with it because that's my biggest struggle even with stand up it's like I'm always this back and forth of I know deep down it's not my end goal it's not what I want I don't like the dream for me is not having an hour long special at the Apollo or whatever it's doing long form for TV that's something because that's kind of my kind of goal for 20. 23 there's a lot of threes in there my accent doesn't help but uh, it would be to focus more on longer form because I've obviously done a lot of short form stuff and I think I've kind of gotten all I can out of it like I don't enjoy it as much as I used to at all Um, and I've always wanted to focus on doing more longer form and I know that the thing that I'd love to be doing most is acting for comedy TV Mm. or like even in drama kind of stuff as well I'd love to get more into writing for TV or Mm. like film because that's definitely far more what I'd like to now progress on to because I just feel like short form there's only so much you can do with it and then it's just this constant loop as you're talking about of like just constantly putting stuff out you never really have time to focus on other things because you're focused on this and that's what I'd really like to take take the time to work on more longer form stuff and you're like you're a I mean we don't know each other super well or anything but like it's obvious like to me like you're like a depthful person as well yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> like you have like you think about stuff yeah. like you know and it's really hard to just like that is not what that medium's for mm. like that is for like when you're sitting yeah. on the toilet or on the bus yeah. or something you know what I mean yeah. uh, whereas like if you are someone who's like kind of like introspective or someone who yeah has had like an interesting life and has gone through interesting stuff mm. like there's like there's an absolute space for that and but also like I think just to the other argument is that like now having got like the following you have but also like I think what's invaluable about putting stuff online in the way you have is I'd imagine your like senses for like what a massive sway the people are probably kind of sort of gonna find funny is probably really sharp and I think that's really useful for like Mm. going into that long form space so like it's it like it'll all feed each other but I think like for you to have that clarity is like fantastic yeah yeah but it can just be difficult though because sometimes I can do something that I know is going to do well but in my heart of hearts it's not what I want to do and that kills me mm-hmm. that really kills yeah. me because yeah, yeah, yeah. it could just be me reacting to a food video and I'm like why is this you know I put my heart and soul into a sketch that's like taking a lot of time to film and edit and then you know puts effects and everything on and that'll get like one fiftieth of the reaction this gets I'm like I don't know what you want from me internet I really don't but I like I've written stuff for longer form and got rejected obviously but I'm going to keep trying to do that until hopefully 
something comes of it. Yeah. And like I've done auditions for shows and stuff that haven't uh, led to the roles, thankfully, because I've seen the finished product. I'm like, absolutely, I'm not suited to that. But right. that whole process is great as well to get more into that. And hopefully down the line, it'll all work out. Yeah, it will. It 100% will. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Let's give it a spin. Okay. Number 47. Do you have it? I do. <gasps> yes. Well, no. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll bring you back down to earth. What's your relationship to heartbreak? Oh, God. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have said oh, God to every single one. Okay. Um, oh, it ruins me. It <laughs> ruins me. That's also my fear of getting into something serious again because I know how much it cripples me after the fact mm. I'm very bad again I know that that's directly linked to my diagnosis that that would affect me hugely mm. um, but I've had some yeah bad experiences in the past like I think as you get older I remember my first ever heartbreak and you've never experienced anything like this so you know you think this is the end of the world and it's so funny looking back at those things now because I'm like that was Justine what the hell what age like? were you paint the picture at that age I would have been 70 okay great yeah, you yeah, know yeah. So, so like, like kind of 50 or yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, when I think of it. But uh, th- I think the more you experience it then, you're like, oh, this is just life. And I know then as well, I can be mature that like I've obviously ended things with people and understand how hard that is for them. You know, so it's kind of all part of life. And at the end of the day, a lot of the time, I feel like if it hasn't worked out, it's for a reason. You know, and I look back on things at the time that I thought this is the end of my life, like as in there's there's this was the person for me and now they're gone. And I can look back now and be like, they weren't the person for me. Mm. It's very hard to be honest with yourself in those moments because you're just consumed by emotions. And like, you've yeah, your ego is wounded mm-hmm. as well. Desperately so. And you think I was what I thought was the best version of myself for this person. And they didn't want that. They didn't want me at my, what I thought was best, mm. you know, and I can see now I absolutely was not my best, but in that moment, that is crushing. That's like, yeah, the same as bombing on a stage where you're like, oh God, honestly, this, wow, I've, I've poured my soul out to this person and they don't like what they saw. Mm. So uh, I'm not good at it. I am a hopeless romantic though. And I get so, <laughs> and I, you, yeah? it's so funny because I remember talking to my friend Dermot about this and he was like shocked. He was like, I never would have had you pegged as that at all. And, like I'd be, I'm a sap. But I, when I'm in something like that, yeah, I'm very like, very uh, just dedicated and like little things. Always I like, think of things that they said and getting little presents or little reminders or mementos, stuff like this, planning yeah. trips that I think would be, particularly special for them and blah 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 I'm a loser no <laughs> I mean you sound like you'd make a really good partner that's what it actually sounds like but what about like so that was interesting as well earlier when you were saying that like if you you know are in a new relationship and all that like and getting swept up in that to the point mm. where like you'll start cancelling like gigs yeah. or work so like I'm interested in that notion of like that the self-worth comes from like work but like, yeah. would you say that that is the same? Like, does it feel like, and again, I'm just projecting all my shit mm-hmm. onto you. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. <laughs> but like, do you feel like whatever that like hole or that wound is, it, like, that they're both just like band-aids mm. for that? Ooh, I think when you start something new, it's that honeymoon period as well. And there's this incredible rush of endorphins and I'm just chasing that mm. a lot of the time in something new. And I'm like, I don't want this to end. I don't want this feeling to ever end. <laughs> the best in the world. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that is... Yeah, I'm trying to compare the two. I think they're very different because obviously stuff on stage or online 
it's not real me. And that's actually one thing. I remember seeing someone who would have known me kind of previous to stuff I'd created online. And he was like, you're such a different person to what I thought you were in terms of like what I am online, mm-hmm. which I find such a I don't know. I thought it was like a nice thing because I'm like, yeah, I'm not. He's like, you're even funnier not online, which mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's. I don't know if that's nice or not. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I doing wrong online? But uh, that's, I think, probably a misconception. Because you know the whole thing with parasocial relationships as well. That like, people see you online, they think they know you, and they really don't. They're seeing a version of you that's online, and it's oftentimes not even scratching the surface of who you really are. So um, I don't think they're the exact same experience of being on a stage or creating online versus someone you're with seeing you as you are uh, but they're both wonderful feelings I actually think probably the relationship one is probably more you're more vulnerable mm. so it's probably a deeper feeling to me mm. uh, yeah far far more an intense or real feeling than the one you get from doing live shows and things like that totally but like yeah it's that it's that like I don't know I think what it it made me think of is like if you were if you were single you wouldn't turn down those gigs. Mm. So the fact that you're in a relationship, it's like, oh, yeah, I gotcha. feel safe enough to do it now because mm. that like lack in me is now being yeah. filled by someone else. I, does that resonate? It, it, do you know what? It kind of weirdly does, but also doesn't in that I actually convince, when I'm alone, like I'll convince myself out of doing gigs as well. Like I've, I've cancelled <laughs> a lot of gigs when I'm single, being like, talk myself out of it, being like, you're not funny enough, you're not good enough, you're going to let everyone down. And I've been with people who have actually been great to encourage me to be like, no, do the gig. Like, don't, I'll come along, say for example, or like, I'll see you after, which is actually really good as well. So it's not like I'm always, you know, putting my career on hold when I'm with someone, but depending on the right it has to be the right fit like that that person is going to support you if I felt I've been with people where I felt like this might not work out because I'm going doing gigs so I'd have to just prioritize them which was a silly decision but if you're with the right person I have been at times where they're encouraging you to do both and that's the best kind of because I yeah that support is great do you have a hunch of like like so presumably like you've had partners who've been like in a similar industry mm. versus partners who like work in yeah. something completely different do you have a, a hunch of which suits you better we it's so odd because like there's people that I've been with that aren't in entertainment at all who are some of the funniest people that I've been with and like were brilliant for helping me with like oh that's you could try a different punchline or something like that or like being really supportive uh, who still I mean it, you know you explain your world to them a bit or like what the industry involves and they get it uh, so I found people not in the industry really great as well as then you know different people who work not directly in comedy but like would know the same kind of entertainment industry I guess yeah. Um. so like the benefit is yeah they understand the long hours or stuff like that but I actually don't think there's one I always have in my head that I it makes sense if I should be with someone who's also in a similar field mm. that I'm like oh we'll it'll make sense but it kind of doesn't because then they're working a lot like you could be off and then they're working so it never really works out and mm. also I tend to find that they're probably as focused on their careers that it's not really their priority to be in something serious so it's difficult to work out more often than not mm-hmm. as opposed to someone who's not in the industry who's you know doing a bloody 
hard job but like come five or six in the evening that's them shut off mm-hmm. and their time whereas I think with people in the industry it's harder to have a hard stop yeah. every day mm-hmm. you're always checking in stuff online or following up emails or connections or like seeing what's trending or like stuff that you can write into new sets that's mm-hmm. happened in the news stuff like that I just again I just find it very hard in that industry and I know others who would struggle with turning off and having their own time yeah I mean again it's kind of a boundaries thing as well because like in uh, like in a normal office job like for mm. want of a better phrase like you've got like you're kind of like oh yeah your hours are like 9 to 5 or mm. 9 to 6 or 8 to 6 or whatever the thing is you know what I mean and it gets kind of you know obviously like you know people work late but like generally like it's like yeah. that is an enforced boundary whereas like you don't have that are yeah. you do you have a like a do you have like a time of day when you're most creative or like when you work best night I'm always night which is annoying because yeah. <laughs> I could be up to like bloody three mm. which annoys me deeply I'm always but that was the same even in like secondary school I was better at studying at night I couldn't do like I, I tried it for a while you know evening study where you'd stay after school to do study at like from four till six it was useless to me I don't know why I'm just better working late at night that's always been the way I am yeah interesting yeah I'm the exact opposite. Oh. And I think, I actually think it's really unfair because I think like the world is designed for morning people. Yeah. It's kind of shit like. Yeah. Because like I, like I love working like first thing in the morning when no one else is what? up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I love it. I can't even picture ever being like that. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, no, I, I love, I, but I think it, I think it's also like, I think it's also weird. I think it gives me like a, I don't know, I think it, <laughs> this is so gross to admit, but I think I'm kind of like, no one else. Is <laughs> like there's, yeah, a little, there's a bit of smugness to it, yeah. you know, which I is did, disgusting. No, I, I do. I do get that feeling when I'm like going to like a shoot and it's like a 7am call. So you're like walking through town at like six in the morning and you're like, they're just delivering uh, bread. Yeah. That's all that's going on in the world. I'm like, oh, look at me. I'm before yeah. the rest of we the are world. The same milkman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Oh. Right. We give it a spin. Yeah. Okay. All right, here we go. Number seven. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number seven. The question is, uh, what do you think people's favorite thing about you is? Oh, Jesus. I didn't say God. You See, didn't. Switched it up there. We, we mix it up. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on the person. It varies. Mm. Um, God, I suppose that I'm good crack. But... Also, I think that I'm empathetic. I'd like to think that that's probably one that, again, people who really know know me would be like, I guess, surprised or not surprised, but they'd value that because mm. I can really relate to a lot of people's experiences or understand a lot of people's emotions or feelings or things they've gone through because I've had similar things a lot of the time. Um, I find that very helpful because it's always great to help someone who's going through something to be like, been there um obviously everyone's experience is unique so i can only tell you about my own um experience but i think that can be helpful to people um and people have definitely said that to me about me being understanding and just very yeah patient or Mm. empathetic about things but then as well like the whole i'm good crack i suppose they would i would i would be told that i am anyway but uh yeah, that's a very tricky question. It depends on the person as well. Mm-hmm. It really does. Like Yeah, and also like I think that's it it's interesting in your space, in like the space that we work, say like where you're like, you know, especially like if you're not 
in a TV show or something and like it's like oh you know as you said like Justine Stafford it's like yeah. but it's that like personality version yeah. of you it's like the it's like the performance version mm. of you which is like important to have that but like you've kind of got to it's yeah it's weird like you I think you actually need like such a gross level of self-awareness to mm. do that well yeah you know and as you said like but I think that that is the the growth I think of if you are in that space and as you said you're trying to like drill down into no but what do I really want what do I really want and then like earlier on you said an interesting thing of your like internet what do you want from me mm. and like it's true but also like the question should probably be like no Justine what do you want from the internet yeah. you know what I mean in that like because if, if you ask them what they want like they're probably gonna give you a really honest answer and you're probably not gonna like it because you're like yeah but that's not like authentic to me mm-hmm. you know and like that's such a especially when you like yeah uh, like make work about like I make a lot of work about like myself and even when I like I'm writing in like a fiction space like it's nearly always coming from something yeah. really close to me and like I because I just know that's when I do my best work you know what I mean so like it's that it's that yeah it's that weird it like it, it's really embarrassing like recently like in a like just kind of uh, like you know we all have our like big copybook or our big like notes folder on our mm-hmm. iPhone right and I was looking through like hmm what ideas do I have I have a bit of time now and I was like I can yeah. go back and like look at some ideas and get some stuff together and then uh, I was looking through them and I was looking through them and I was like this is great this is great this is great and I was like Man, there's a problem with this I was like Tom like every character you write can't go to therapy <laughs> like, like yeah. and I, but I was just like but it's so part of uh, I'm not even going to therapy now but it's so part of like my worldview and how I like move through the world yeah. um and yeah, I suppose it's just like it's but it's interesting because you kind of like on one hand, like should absolutely be using all that and like bringing all your experience and like your worldview to everything you do. And yeah, it's just it's like it's that interesting mix of having to be completely self-aware of who you are and how mm. you come across, but also like not wanting to be a cunt. I know, <laughs> but it's so funny the way you say that about like writing about your own experiences, because I actually think an audience sometimes like they they fully know when oh. it's real. Like and I think that is genuinely as you said yourself like that is going to be your best work because it's true to you and it's honest and it's like something you've can really write about because you know and I, I've seen it as well with stand-up like there's stories that I've told or jokes that I've written that have come from genuine experiences versus stuff that like is just jokes that I'm mm-hmm. making up and I always find that an audience connects more with the real stuff so it's definitely there's a reason people do it and yeah. the whole phrase of write what you know because it is going to be the most authentic and probably the best written stuff I think yeah. that that rings true like this is how it's always been Double Love is a podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High book by book join me Anna Carey and me Karen Moynihan as we revisit one of the maddest series of books ever written or ghostwritten if you ever read about Elizabeth and Jessica, the perfect blonde Wakefield twins, then you might enjoy listening to us absolutely tearing them to shreds. Affectionately, of course. Of course. And even if you didn't, there's still plenty of drama, kidnapping, stolen boyfriends and school dances to entertain you. Find us on the Headstuff Podcast Network and wherever you get your podcasts. So what about like some of that like difficult stuff that you've gone through? Because I know in our last conversation and it was something we didn't have the same experience, but like say like in my most recent show and and actually less than I intended but like we sort of spoke about some of my relationships with like food and like Mm. body stuff and that Um, and even uh, you were speaking about and yeah and like in that show talk about a lot about like yeah like heavy like trauma stuff Mm. which is like you know difficult but also in the context of like a comedy show I think was like 
it was like an effective way to do it you know yeah like what's your relationship to some of that um i suppose yeah like that darker stuff from your real life and like writing about it do you do it yeah i do it's a strange time right now because i feel i think everyone is kind of the term mental health has kind of become a bit of like an eye roll nearly at this point in the sense of like everyone's just like look after your mental health and you're like it was not even mean anymore and I think everyone's coming becoming just a bit jaded towards it uh, or fatigued so I'm kind of conscious of not really going too much into it in my stand-up obviously there's still aspects of it but I wouldn't be my main focus anymore and maybe at the point when I was doing it it was something I needed to do for me to be able to even start a conversation about it because at that point I was very early on and come to terms with things or dealing with things whereas now it's just something that I'm kind of dealing with myself and I don't feel I don't feel currently anyway that it's something that I would be talking about so much in comedy or like definitely in some of the long form stuff I've written there's aspects of it um but for a 15 minute set or if you're doing short sets it's very hard as well to put that into a show because I think you need to be doing like a show like you for example of like an hour long thing where they have time to get to know you that you can then go into darker heavier stuff when you're just on a 15 minute set this crowd don't know you they don't care about you at that point you're not going to really be able to get into a heavy topic like that it's a lot harder so it's not something I really do um focus on in my stand-up or stuff online as much these days yeah and like also like they need to know you're okay yeah you, you know that's a huge yeah. thing and if you don't have kind of time to like bring them through that yeah. journey that's something I feel like I've only really wrapped my head around recently in that like even some writing stuff like my impulse previously might have been like oh and it's a good impulse actually like is to like start with this really shocking mm-hmm. thing uh, and that's a good impulse but then like I think with a bit more experience now I'm like ah yeah but that actually can like alienate people completely you know takes them out of it because they're just in their head thinking is he okay <laughs> yeah. like that's it really does and I would have noticed that as well with talking about stuff about eating disorders definitely in stand up that people are kind of more looking at your body now more than anything than mm. listening to your jokes and it, like it's a natural reaction to have but you're like conscious of I became conscious of that to be like I don't think this is the right platform right now for launching into heavy topics like this. I just so love what you said about like the, yeah, the mental health, like just, I suppose the actual bastardization of that word, Mm. like it actually infuriates me beyond anything because you're so right. First of all, I think it's a shit phrase. Like I don't, I don't even know what it means. (laughs) Like it's so fucking stupid, Justine. And the stuff that people Sorry, I actually I care about this more than I thought. I'm getting angry. But like the stuff that people like, uh, like I'll just, I'll never forget like the first time this podcast came out, right? And there's mm. a few months in and it was like some, the exact same format, different questions, but like, and people were like, uh, well, sorry, one person was like, and a lovely person, and they meant it as a complete compliment. And they were like, I love your mental health podcast. And I was just so shocked. Mm. I was like, my what? Like, yeah. I, like and, and I, and I was just, oh my God, it's not, it's not a mental health podcast. But I was like, oh, but this is just the like because I guess like I naturally as a person would veer like towards these kind of interests about mm. like I don't know I like the human condition or yeah. like what whatever like e- emotional sort of like intelligence or articulacy or whatever that might be that like but that is now like oh it's mental health I know. <laughs> like, yeah it's so funny. even someone there the other day was saying about how they read a thing where there was people saying we need to. Uh, 
keep the fight going against mental health and you're like what a fight against like the people don't even understand what the term even means anymore it's become like one of those words like you know the way like influencer used to always have like a bit of a like a feeling to it i think mental health has actually become a term similar to that now where it's just like ah yeah and sometimes the people that shout loudest about mental health are Arseholes. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Because normally people who are like sound and actually going through stuff in a really like authentic human way. Now, and of course, like mental health struggles are an absolute thing. Like, mm. and like mental illness is a very mm-hmm. different thing and like unbelievably, uh, like probably unbelievably under, under understood and like under resourced. But like, yeah, as a phrase, as a space and the way I think like, yeah, companies and corporations oh, and stop. like, everything the way it's it's you it, like it's it's so it's so anti-helpful completely but as well like i've had experiences of you know working in positions whereby you know you mention i've had really positive experiences with mentioning you know difficulties that i would had and you know they were happy to give me time away but now at times it feels like okay you're conscious that i have mental health difficulties but <laughs> it's like you're not going to really do it like as in I'm like well I actually can't really do that job because I'm in a really bad place and people kind of I think it's the oversaturation of the term mental health and has kind of made it a little less serious I think yeah and that people don't sometimes appreciate when I am genuine about saying that I am really struggling today that they're like well sure everyone has mental mental health everyone has yeah. mental health. you're like I think it's done a bit of a disservice I mean it's brilliant that it has come to this point that people are talking about it and that it's come so full circle but like I, I know even I've te- like friends who are teachers who would talk about students who would now kind of at times be like oh sorry I couldn't do my homework last night because of my mental health and he knows that they're just aware they right. can get out of jail with that card whereby he knows students who are really struggling and aren't even able to say mm. like he can see that in a class of like the genuine person going through something really tough right now isn't even able to vocalise that and then there's other people using it because they're like I know I can get away now with kind of yeah you know it, it's it's sad like it's strange because it's great that we're at a point of all being more aware of it it's just it's become a bit oversaturated in that now it's kind of made it all a little less serious but in a way know, like what I think it is is that I think mental health is fucking messy and yeah. it's ugly and mm. it's disgusting sometimes do you know what I mean yeah. like the actual nitty grittiness of like now what does what does actual poor mental health look like and that's not pretty and that's mm-hmm. not shiny and mm-hmm. that doesn't go on a billboard and you can't yes, say that exactly to your that. corporate bosses and you, what you were saying like people are all about your mental health until it's inconvenient it, for them that's exactly it and I've experienced that and yeah. it's like I think kind of the idea of what mental health even means has been lost along the way through these glossy billboards and shiny feckin' posters of people smiling about their mental health. You're like, that's the exact opposite of what someone struggling with their mental health would look like, if I'm honest. Although, then as well, like, look at I can be out doing things and people have no idea sure what's going on you know so it's it's just but like that is the thing like I think that like if you are actually someone who is interested in like facilitating like healthy like being being a person who uh, like is kind of yeah is is like uh Again, another phrase that I think is bollocks because it's again it's just so bastardized. But like an ally, for want of mm. a better phrase, right? Like it's like yeah, like that's re- like it's com- and like it that's complicated. And what that involves that involves actually holding space and like allowing for some like bad stuff and like some like stuff in in people's past in their lives that's kind of grim or like mm. addiction or like 
like bad personality traits, like you know, uh, and yeah, it's complicated. Uh, it's really layered, mm. and like it's uh, yeah. When you when you just hear that phrase, mental health now. Um, yeah, I'd be conscious of even saying that in a set because I mm. think people might zone out the totally. second you hear that word because it's kind of what we've all become a reflex to now online that you see something that you're kind of not even fully engaging with anymore because you're like, I'm just zoning out because this is, I'm just being bombarded with this constantly and I can't take in anymore. Sometimes it mm-hmm. kind of feels like that. So in the same way, I wouldn't really be bringing it. Because it just, it, when you, the, the problem with it, I think, is a phrase is that mental health means anything from like kind of like having a bad day to suicide. Yeah. And that's that's bonkers. Such a spectrum. Like that is bonkers because yeah. they're so different things, you yeah. know what I mean? Um or like like the like being anxious to having an anxiety disorder. You know what I mean? Like yeah. struggling with self-image versus having an eating disorder. Like they're yeah. all, and they're all valid like yeah, and they all the absolutely thing. need yeah. attention and everything but like when they're lumped into something that's like that. the thing yeah i yeah. think lumping it into the one umbrella is mm-hmm. yeah causing difficulties anyway back to my mental health podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay um number 38 do you have it no all right number 38 the question is what's one thing everyone likes that you don't like <laughs> oh uh well the most recent one that's come to mind is I've never seen Game of Thrones or oh. like Star Wars or Lord of the Rings. And anytime I met, particularly Game of Thrones, I think that's the big one for people. They're shocked that I've never seen it. Like, I, I, we're, hey. we're, we're pals here. I, uh, I, I, the difference, I really fucking tried. I just okay. thought it was kind of shit. Oh, no way. No, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've heard amazing things. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I could never, I, I never had an interest in watching it. And look at now, you know, there's actors in it now that I'm really into that we're in it that I'm like, should I go back? But now I kind of feel like the cultural moment has moved on. That yeah. I'm kind of like, ah, I don't mind letting it go. Yeah, totally. Are you, I feel like just based off the references you gave there of things that you're less into, like, are you kind of not into dragons? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not mad into like sci-fi or fantasy or that sort of thing. Yeah, I think it's that. But then like, say there's a new series, Severance, um, mm. that I adored. I couldn't get into it. I adored it. Mm. Adored it. And there's ex- examples of shows that I absolutely love. Like The Last of Us, I wouldn't necessarily classify it as sci-fi, but I absolutely adore it's it. It's fucking brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's not, I think it's that they're kind of more, I, I think I need, or prefer stories that are far more like, focused on the characters like yeah. a small mm. group of characters these kind of shows that are more personal or intimate in that way mm-hmm. could be any genre but when it's a huge ensemble cast I lose it for some reason I yeah. just there's too many I can't make a connection with all of these people and I want to find the person in the show in this small cast that I can connect to and totally. yeah, get invested in yeah I, I think heard that's it, it I heard it described like recently as like that's more authored work and I was like oh Yes, oh, I think I like that. Yeah. And I, I think that that resonates. Yeah. I, I, really, I really get that. That yeah. makes sense to me then for the shows that I would. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay, sweet. We give it a spin. Yeah. All right. Uh, number 18. Do you have it? No. No worries. Oh. <laughs> number 18. Oh, okay. Interesting. What in life gives you self-esteem? Gives me self-esteem. Oh, fuck, this is a mental Good health podcast. Good lord. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think it's all, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to have some, like, questions like, oh, pineapple and pizza. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. All for it. I'm all yeah. for it. 
Um, yeah, what gives me self-esteem? That is a very tough question because you can get kind of short-lived bursts of endorphins when something does well online. Or particularly if like people whose work I really look up to and respect, if they've engaged with or seen it, I'm like, oh my God, that's an amazing feeling. That feeling in particular where mm. someone that you really respect is now watching and responding to your work. I'm like, I've peaked. Go on, name Take drop. Who, give us oh, an example or two. Well, like there's, like, I mean, there's people that follow me, like, um, obviously I'm in love with Sharon Horgan and everything that she's created and um, she's reacted to some things I've made online, which is just to me, like, mind blowing. That is I'm, like, phenomenal. You know, growing up, every show she's made has just been something that I'm like, oh my God, I love this so much. And just as well, in particular about Sharon, that like, she's such a range, like she's acted, she's written in so many comedies, but she's acted as well in so many comedies as well as drama. And that range to me was really inspiring because at times, as we've touched on, I get sad and I like the idea of being able to play kind of a deeper character or somewhat more drama involved in it. And to see her able to do that was just really inspiring to me. Mm. Yeah, I think like, I mean, she's my hero too. When I when like someone and whenever I like have to speak about like what what career I'd look like, it's always yeah. it's always Sharon Horgan. Maybe totally. like with a side of Ashing B. Yeah. You know what I mean? But especially it's well the thing about Sharon is because like she's not known as a stand up, which again was really inspiring to me because I know deep down it's not the thing that I want to do. Mm. So to see that someone can still make such an incredible career in comedy and in writing without necessarily doing stand-up that's really inspiring to me yeah you know and I love Ashley and everything that, everything that she does and her stand-up is brilliant as well but like her shows are incredible yeah and her performances that th- in particular those two have been really uh really influ- influential to me mm. and then um yeah Jason Siegel seen some of my shorts and said they brought him joy and that Blew oh. my mind as well because again he's another person that has done so much comedy but as well has done so many deeper dark dramas and that to me is really just inspiring because I love that range yeah I know as well I've listened to a lot of him speak about like taking a break from creating because of being kind of typecast as comedy and he just wasn't in a comedic mindset at the time mm. to even do it and that I could really relate to and then he took some time to do drama and more kind of deeper things and I just really could relate to that as well yeah I think like you want like I think this is where I feel like my <laughs> I don't I'm trying to think of a synonym for evolution but like for for like the the way I've changed is that like I think you want to do work where there's space for all of you mm. you know what I mean so yeah. like yeah like anything you do should probably be a little bit funny because you're kind of funny as a person you know what I mean it's like you mm. want that yeah. but also like you're uh introspective and thoughtful and depthful yeah. and apparently very sad so like <laughs> yeah. there should be space for that as well yeah. you know and and I, I think it's about yeah trying to shape what that could look like yeah I think it's that because that's the thing if like people would be surprised when I would say that I'm sad you know because of the version they know of me online yeah um so it's definitely I because I, I just do always feel that which roles that I'm like I want to be able to show a deeper range here because I have it mm. I know I do mm. uh, but it's oftentimes it's convincing people to give you that opportunity because all they can see from your online really is predominantly comedy stuff so it's harder to convince uh, but hopefully that's my goal I really would love to get I look at I'm getting a bit too ambitious maybe because I think I need more experience on screen anyway for like even comedy and more experience than that to then branch out into more dramatic stuff but like as well because I'm coming from a background of not do an acting mm-hmm. like so it's even sometimes I consider should I do a course uh, and maybe just build up kind of more experience in it um, 
because it's definitely something I'd love to progress more in yeah. down the line. Well, I think as well, like, you know, generally speaking, if you look at like the the comedies that are doing really well now, I think like a lot of them, I mean, like even even a lot of like Sharon Horgan stuff, which is so funny, but like it, they're kind of like they're written like dramas. There's just yeah, funny people exactly. in them, which is kind of the way I think is like better or sorry not better but like the way that like I'm starting to think about that kind of stuff yeah. because it just ma- it, it, it gives you such an incentive then to like make the story really tight make mm. the acts really like deep yeah, the, and, and then if and then if there's jokes in there like great they're kind of a nice little surprise then they're amazing the beats in her shows like if like it will go for something really heavy to then something really fucking funny like mm-hmm. the, the writing in it is just incredible yeah. you know but then like there's like you know like Daryl Breen is like he was one of my first comedians I ever saw live and I just love everything he does and yeah. I remember him sharing something I created online and that blew my mind as well what, you know? what was it? Uh, I made a line of duty piss take video oh, yeah, and he yeah, already yeah. shared it and I you know and it said lovely words about like people should follow me and stuff that I was like wow like it's even exists to these people is mental that the, the idea that people can see stuff you create like that is just mm. crazy to me mm. yeah nice do you think, do you think that that thing of a, uh, do you think that thing of like self-esteem, does that resonate like as an important thing to you? Because, because like I've heard people say that like self-esteem is like stupid. It's not a good thing to strive for. Like it's a bit like, it's a bit airy-fairy. It's a mm. bit intangible. Whereas I think for me, it feels so important. And mm. and like maybe, maybe it's because I would re- relate to a lot of what you're saying. And like maybe it is like because at, at times, certainly I would have like struggled with like uh self-worth you know what I mean or mm, or that so yeah. like then I think when I have good self-esteem to me like I don't know it's just so much easier to move through the world like is it something yeah. you think about or try to cultivate yeah it's a strange one because I think the more I find it difficult because the more following or like viewers I get online it makes me more kind of anxious or particularly as well people that I look up to and I'm a conscious they're on my pages like mm. I, there's this additional pressure of like what I'm creating if it doesn't do well I'm like oh my god everyone thinks I'm a failure here now and I, I struggle very much with finding the balance between removing myself from what I create and put online mm. that they're different because it's very easy and I have directly put my self-worth into what I've put out online and literally put it down to how many likes this gets that's how much I'm worth mm. and that is very hard to remove yourself from um so it's something I do find difficult. I, and again, if I get into a good run, like with a few gigs, you're in a good place. But then all it takes is one bad gig and you're back down to square one. Like, But I think the more you do them, you get more resilient. And I don't think you fall down as far as you might have sure. if you were out of practice of doing it. But it's definitely something I think is important, but it's something I really do struggle with. And mm-hmm. it's it's bizarre because you could have one day where I feel good about myself and then the next I really don't. So that's the annoying thing about self-esteem to me because I can get into a p- point of feeling like, I think I'm on top of this. And then the next day it's like, I'm not, I'm really not. Yeah. You know, it's 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 so um inconsistent. Yeah. If I, I, I would struggle to find consistency in self-esteem. Mm. And again, probably because I'm so often creating or putting something new out there that it's like, okay, the last thing did well for me. I'm in a good place and the next thing mightn't do as well. So my self-esteem has took a dent there. Do you have like a a kind of a sweet spot of like 
frequency of output like if that makes sense so mm. is it is it once a week once a month what, what, what's it look like it's very sporadic right um depends what's going on as well because then you kind of get conscious of god i don't want to oversaturate pages and people's minds here um jesus i mean it, every two days anyway at least generally really, yeah, yeah which oh, is annoying I, did, I didn't think it would be that <laughs> frequent yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the thing because it might be something very quick and easy to make. Mm. Um, and then the other times if I'm working on something uh, that's more kind of time consuming, that might only be once a week. Right. Yeah. Okay. I reckon we've got time for two more. Is that Woo! all right? Yes. All right. Let's do it. This has been great. This has been fun. Okay. Number 56. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number 56. What? is one thing you're striving to be more of? Striving to be more of? Yeah, I suppose that whole thing of like uh, trying to put myself worth less directly associated into what I create. Mm. Uh, I think I've put in a good bit of work the last while of like just working on myself Um but it's keeping on top of it is always the problem. I can feel like I'm in a good run mentally and then don't keep on top of myself or keep things in check and I can feel it starting to slip. But I, I think the difference is now that I can be aware of that and conscious of it, whereas previously I might just let myself slide right back into, you know, a hole. So yeah. it's like keeping on top of it now. So I'm just trying to keep, yeah, on top of that kind of stuff. That's what I would kind of be striving towards, being more resilient yeah. Uh, as much as is possible mm-hmm. in this career. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I'm striving. To. And again, that whole thing of like, if we're talking about career, like branching more into longer form stuff, that's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm striving for as well. And and you know that thing of what you said about doing, like in the last year, say doing like work on yourself. Mm. Well, can you speak to that? What's that look like? Um, Kind of, I would would have had a process of only going to therapy if I was in a crisis point. So kind of doing that more consistently, consistently so I don't reach that crisis point was kind of what I realized I needed to do. And it's very easy when you're in a good run to be like, ah, I don't need to do this anymore. I'm cured. Uh, and then very quickly you realize you're not. So it's kind of more having like indicators where I know if things aren't really going well to then at that point kind of intervene so it doesn't progress further down mm. in a downward spiral yeah um as well like <sighs> ireland's relationship to drink is very uh complicated and i try to not drink as much anymore or especially even on nights out to not drink the same amount i would have drank because i find a very direct relationship between drinking and being very depressed the day after or the days after um, so I'm trying to work on that relationship too just because it's just maybe it was more fun when you're younger as well but like the hangovers just aren't worth it as well anymore like don't get me wrong there's an enjoyment in going out and having drinks catching up with friends that kind of thing but just more so I'm like I don't need to keep drinking more here I can just mm. have one or two um, if I want and there's times now on nights out where I wouldn't drink so I'm like I just can't be dealing with it and it's such a wonderful feeling when you wake up on a Saturday morning and don't have a hangover what a glorious feeling yeah. that's when I wake up and I experience what you feel like every morning waking up early Tom that's when I'm like wow I could take on the world it's a beautiful feeling so that as well I think because I, I and I would have struggled with it because you're kind of 
especially in this bloody industry that like a lot of times you're hanging around after gigs and like trying to get you know be seen as I'm sound <laughs> book me again yeah uh, and hang around and have chats and stuff so it's kind of a natural thing to then end up having a drink and it's just like I'm kind of more conscious of it to be like I don't need to do this I mean mm. it, that's not going to make a difference if I get booked for another gig like and mm-hmm. that kind of thing so um, I'm far more aware of that now than when I was starting out I probably would have felt more pressure to be seen to be out and like in with groups and trying to build contacts and that kind of crack but mm. uh, that's not really something I would do at all now anymore but yeah keeping on top of that as well yeah do, do you like so for context I don't drink anymore I stopped mm. when I was 26 it's been like three and a half years so um, but I found it really hard to like moderate my drinking you know what I yeah. mean like I am one of those people where I'm really good at all and I'm really good at nothing yeah. but I'm not very good at the in between mm-hmm. like do you so when you say when you go out now with that in mind being like right my hangovers are shit I don't want to feel like dick the next morning mm. like do you find it hard to I don't know what the number is but like stop at three or four as opposed to eight or nine you know what I mean I don't it's just more so the people you're with convincing them that it's okay (laughs) you know that's kind of the bigger struggle to me it's and I actually think that non-alcohol has been brought in was such a great addition to pubs because it was always like oh god now to just stand here with a coke people think I'm a bloody child Uh, I think it's been wonderful that addition and I feel less kind of self-conscious about it Mm. because you can have that choice anyway Um, but it's nine times out of ten it's the people you're with that are more have more of an issue with it. Yeah, there's obviously people that understand fully, but sometimes people can be like, "Ah, go on, Ashford Jesus, there's only one more. Go on, what harm will it do?" And it's like, what difference does it make to yeah, you? That is, is so true. That's so true because, like, now that I don't drink, right? People like people don't argue with that. Like, no mm. one's gonna be like, "Ah, go on." Like, you've been only you've had three and a half years. You'd be grand now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no one does that. But like, I think that's so true. If you're just like, "Yeah, but I'm trying to like, I don't want to stop drinking. I just want to like not get fucking hammered." Yeah. Like. And like that's actually like that is like that is a good thing I think to say out loud on this because like that's probably something people do in com- like that is definitely something people do in complete innocence out of soundness yeah. being like yeah. but I'm going to the bar I want to get you a drink yeah. drinking like fun we're having, and and you know and like I think that's what's so hard about drinking as well is because the more you drink like that whatever that impulse of like sensibility is in you it like diminishes and diminishes and yeah diminishes, totally you know? that's it but as well I've done periods where I don't drink for like a good few weeks and it's always filling the time I find like you've so much more free time mm. in that like weekends where like my friends are all going out I'm like I'm not and I'm like how do I fill this time like did you find that difficult in the beginning no so I ate a lot of scones that, that's that's what I nice. did okay. I, I didn't I, do that I did like I, I can speak I don't think I've spoken about it and I don't mind but like when I stopped drinking I knew I wanted to stop drinking yeah. and I talked to some friends who didn't drink and who yeah. like were you know in AA and all that mm-hmm. and they were like come so I did yeah. and I went and I went for 30 days in a row the first 30 days yes. I stopped drinking yeah, yeah. and I never went back because I, I, I think for me I didn't want not drinking to be the centre of my not drinking you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I wanted to stop drinking and just like yes. not I get you and also like I'm lucky in that like I don't need to go and yeah, do I that like you, yeah. I, some people do mm. and like think like anything like that AA or any support groups are kind of like the most amazing things yeah. I've ever seen like because they yeah. literally save people's lives mm-hmm. but like I was in a very pr- privileged position of not needing to do that and so, yeah, but I remember like, yeah, in not drinking, I, I was like, uh, like, I was just, I was, I was like, I'm going to be really good to myself for a few months. So I like, I got loads, of, I ate scones every day, Justine. And I like, and I, and I, uh, and I, yeah, I watched a lot of like telly and I, 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I was a bit, like, I was a bit of a shit person, but like, it was, it was like, it, I needed to. That period. Yeah, yeah, I needed it. I needed it. And now, and now, like, yeah, it's, it's just like, on the other day, where, where was I? I was in a pub somewhere and I was by myself and I was kind of like doing that. I think I must have been eating in between shows or something like that. And like, there was a, there was a, a woman ordering a pint of orchard thieves. I don't know why, but mm. I was just like, God, I'm so grateful to not have thought about Orchard Thieves oh, in years, yeah, in years. Yeah. And like Orchard Thieves <laughs> wasn't even my drink, but like I just I hadn't heard the mm. the word, and I just got such a such a way. Like there's a beautiful thing that happens in your first like six months of not drinking, and it doesn't happen now. So I tried to like r- remind myself of it, but like you're just walking down the street, right, and the sun's in your face, and you just go, I don't drink anymore, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Like I, I found, um, but I also think like. Yeah, I also think that like if I if I could choose, I'd probably choose to be like a like a a good drinker in that, you know, someone who could drink like mm. three pints and stop. But like that's really hard for me. Fair, yeah. Completely again, as you said, when you're in when you're three pints deep, your inhibitions are kind of not really reliable here yeah. to be able to say, Hey, stop now, you know? Yeah. But I found that as well. It's interesting to say that because like that would have been in the period that I didn't I was just eating more. It's mm. just like, okay, just, okay, I deserve a little treat. And I'm like, oh God, <laughs> this needs to balance out soon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, no, totally, totally, totally. But like, yeah, but it's it's funny. And I think that that's why like, I again, this podcast is so selfish. And I think that's why that self-esteem question is there probably because like, say the big difference probably from when I last did the podcast and now is I don't drink anymore, right? Mm. And like, um, but I think drinking was terrible for my self-esteem. Yeah. Awful. Oh, yeah. Because all the things that give me good self esteem are all the things that drinking affected. So, A, I like getting up early in the morning. That makes me feel wow, like a smug yeah, little bastard. Drinking yeah. stops that. Like, B, I like being a, a good partner or a good boyfriend or a good friend or a good mm. son or a good brother. Drinking, I like, I just, I'm not, the, I, it'd yeah. be really disingenuous to pretend I am better at those things when I'm drinking. I'm yeah. Not. Like, C, my creativity. Like, I'm more creative when I'm not drinking. B, my fitness and health. Uh, I'm more of those things when I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 my diet I could go on and on and on yeah. you know what I mean and it was like it just got to a point for me where I was like oh like mate like you can just but also also you know that voice that you have about stand up being like this is something that I know I'm not on planet yeah, earth to do wow. I always had that had about that. drinking there you go I always had that I mm. always knew I was not like that like per, not always from about like maybe like 21 or 22 and I didn't drink till 18 I kept the pledge I was the same yeah because yeah. yeah. I was like it's going to kill brain cells really even cert I was oh, such no, a nerd I, I was more god oh okay yeah. no yeah, I was yeah, yeah. pure I'm a nerd I want to oh. do a good leave insert it's tragic but wow. yeah <laughs> did you, and did you do a good leave insert I suppose yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> 560 uh, you actually <laughs> yeah fucking hell yeah, that's so mad when, when do you think is like the last time you'll say like how many leave insert points you got like when oh put on my gravestone yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, it's all changed now though anyway Tom like you know at that point 600 was the maximum now it's fucking I don't know what it is they've oh, yeah. all these additions there was no extra points for higher level maths when I did it I'll tell you yeah 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 it's all changed I know we I probably know. did the leave insert the same year probably 2012 I was 2011. Ah, uh, did you not do transition year? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, my okay, friends okay, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. regret and don't because I don't think I would have gotten back into the habit of studying. That would have mm. been my big fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair. Fair. We do one more? Yeah, that oh. was a great, that we got really, that was, wow, that was lovely. Uh, well, sometimes I'm like, Tom, shut up, like this is Justine's episode. But no, also, thank you for sharing that as well. Oh my God, no, not at all. I don't, I don't mind. I, 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 and I'm just conscious as well of repeating myself mm. uh, or sounding like I have stuff figured out. I don't, but I do think that not drinking was a good thing for me. It's interesting oh, that you have felt that. 
Oh yeah. 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 Don't it's so true though. It's like those little guttural feelings, they always lead you right, don't they? Yeah, they do. I just need to listen to my more. <laughs> no, man, me too. Like that is the that is the That's everyone's I think trouble. that is just the process yeah. of life. Like that is all I think I'm trying to do is like to collapse the time between like knowing and doing you yeah, know what I mean because yeah. like I always know e- even like even with like writing or even with like relationships or even meeting someone or even you know like mm. you 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 your body just knows before you do yeah. and sometimes it can be hard because your head doesn't want to listen to that yeah um, yeah it's getting those in line that's the big yeah. struggle yeah that is the big struggle yeah okay let's give it one last spin okay. all right it is number 20 do you have it no oh. I only got one. Oh my god you know what some people <laughs> get none there you go um, thanks for making me feel better yeah <laughs> yeah yeah let's laugh at their misfortune um oh okay this is kind of a bit of a grim one to end it on <laughs> amazing uh, you ready god uh, yes have you ever had a near-death experience yes <laughs> oh god you see what i mean this is terrible <laughs> yeah yeah i have i mean i have yeah <laughs> You don't have to talk well, about it. I mean, look at it, it's going back to I, I've tried to overdose twice in my life. Right. So it's quite again, like that's the more severe experiences I've had with mental health mm. illnesses, mm-hmm. difficulties. Um and it was when I was a fair younger I didn't even understand. I'd never even heard the term like borderline personality disorder. And then it was directly after this is would have been the second time, um, directly after that that I got the diagnosis when I was in hospital of this condition that I'd never even heard of and mm. to be honest more than anything it was such a relief it was just like it all makes sense because at that point it was all look it was a multitude of things that I just could not deal with and emotions were just out of control but I always throughout all that experience was convinced there's no one else going through what I'm going through as in every you know I'd been on different medications and I had tried a lot of different things to try and help my mental health but nothing ever worked and I just kind of convinced myself that I'm one of the people that doesn't get cured there's no cure for me I don't get better I'm only going to keep getting worse and that was kind of all linked into then why I tried to end my life but I had never thought that this everything I was experiencing could all be put in under this diagnosis and it was such a relief to me because I realised I'm not alone in this. Mm. And had I, had I heard of that term before this, I the difference it would have made to me. And that was then directly after that that I wrote some articles just about it. Um, and at that point probably would have mentioned it in stand-up because I also just wanted to get that term into the world because mm. it was something I'd never, ever heard of. And so many people hadn't at that, at that point either. Um, so yeah, it's just a weird one to have such a wave of relief after getting a diagnosis but that's exactly what I had because mm. it just felt like everything makes sense now all my erratic behaviour all the things I've struggled with are all linked to this mm. it makes sense yeah the word that like jumps out there is the relief yeah because I relate to that not with that mm. specific uh, like diagnosis or anything like that but I think I think there is just such a relief and like such a fundamental thing in human beings where like when there is something like wrong with us and Mm. I put that in like quotation marks but like when we feel this thing and like we were like you put it on yourself and you're like I am the one who won't get fixed this is my fault and the loneliness of that and then when someone can can like hold your hand and say like no that it's not your fault Mm. it's this yeah and like all the eradication and the exorcism of all that shame and Mm. like 
guilt and embarrassment and maybe like past versions of yourself which you're not proud of but now make a little bit more sense yeah. and you just start to make sense to yourself uh, completely and going back to everything that I experienced and I've been like oh that makes sense you know mm. um, but again like I mean I remember waking up that day and my I was ashamed of myself that I lived like I was mm. so angry at myself it's it's horrific really to think of but there's times where I still you know that's why I really have to try and keep on top of things because it's it's scary to me that I can find myself back in mindsets similar to that when I'm going through a really dark period mm. um, and that's something that you know previous to this I would have not known how to deal with whereas now I can be aware of okay I can see I'm spiraling here I need to intervene at this point mm. you know that's the kind of the difference between the two and a lot of times it's tough to to bring yourself to do that if you're emotionally and just physically worn out it's so hard sometimes to want to try and get back up again mm. that's what I find really difficult at times um but it's just trying to keep on top of it and not let yourself reach that point and uh, the diagnosis that I got for that was such a help in that mm. it was like yeah exactly relief is such a perfect word for it yeah 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 fuck I didn't mean to end it there (laughs) 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 this is the perfect this is the perfect comedic art because it starts with me being like it's not a mental health podcast and then by the end it's definitely yeah and Um, again I said I was born on the most depressing day of the year so it all (laughs) makes perfect sense oh my god Oh my god Claire thanks so much for doing this Thank you so much This, for this was me. really fun Even yeah. though uh, And I You know f- Like fuck it I'm, I'm I am Unashamedly interested in Like the Full spectrum Of like yeah. What it means to be alive And like unfortunately Like it is those d- Shitty Dark mm-hmm. Moments As well as Pineapple and pizza Which this we are in favour of uh, Very much in favour of Very very much in favour of Come here, do you want to tell the people anything coming up or where they can find you online, whatever you want? This is your time. Yeah, I suppose I'm not sure when this is coming out, so I'm not sure what will be coming up. So I'm just going to say my social media pages instead. Please, it'll be like about April. April, okay. Okay. End of March, early April. Yeah, okay. I'm going to link to my pages because I'll be posting stuff there about things I'm doing. uh, Because some are not yet confirmed. But um, my Instagram is Justine Stafford underscore. And my Twitter is Justine Stafford. And my TikTok is Justine Stafford Comedy. So that's where you can find me on all those pages. Justine Stafford, thanks for playing personality bingo. Thanks so much for having me, John. So, guys, that was the amazing Justine Stafford playing personality bingo. Justine, if you're listening, a massive thank you to you for taking the time to do it. I so appreciate it, and it was so good to get caught up again. But before we go any further, I want to give a massive shout-out to you, our wonderful listeners, for supporting us, as always. Like I said, we are back. We are trying to get back out there into people's RSS feeds, into their podcast feeds. So if you can, give us a like, give us a share. Your Instagram, Twitter, screenshots, whatever you can do, it makes such a difference. But also, I want to give a huge shout out to our wonderful editor thank you to the brilliant Megan Fox for looking after us so well to the whole team whole team here at the Headstuff Podcast Network for being absolute legends and taking brilliant care of us also to the wonder Connorful Nolan Connor Nolan Wow, that, that was a mixture between Wonderful and Connor. It's Connor Nolan for our beautiful artwork and to my pal Liam Moore for our amazing theme music. So really, that's it for this week's episode. We'll see you back soon for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moran. Tom
This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.